Isn't the thought on a good business model, location, location, location? Does UCLA football really have to relocate from the Rose Bowl? Does their schedule set them up for success attendance-wise? Is it as bad as we're making it seem? All that and more with Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, your diehard UCLA fan and, of course, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. You can go follow the show at Lockdown Bruins on Twitter. Thanks for making Lockdown UCLA your first listen each and every day. It's free wherever you get your podcasts, whatever podcast platform, including Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, all sorts of other things, including the likes of going to YouTube. And you can like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. So, as we hit it said all right attendance what is the problem with attendance for ucla football well first we gotta start with an eight clap because it's one two three four five six seven eight u c l a ucla fight 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 as we get ready locked and loaded for locked on ucla the big question over the weekend against south alabama again for ucla they drew their second biggest crowd of the year yeah no Oh, it's actually the second lowest crowd in UCLA Rose Bowl history. So it's not so good for UCLA, the optics, when you have Troy Aikman retweeting things saying it doesn't look good in the Rose Bowl. And then you got Kirk Herbstreet saying, I agree with you, Troy. What's going on over there at UCLA? Meanwhile, Herbstreet did, I believe, have UCLA on an upset watch against South Alabama, which was close. I said it would be close, too. It did not end up coming to fruition for the UCLA Bruins as they were so close to falling to the Jaguars who put up a good fight. Bruins came up with the win. So what's the reason with this terrible attendance so far? As Chip Kelly alluded to with his opinion to media availability, as I think I saw in the LA Times, it has to do with name brand recognition. You can talk about recent lulls in UCLA football. You could talk about, do you actually know any of these teams are playing? Bowling Green. How many people do you know have played at Bowling Green? Do you know anything about Alabama State besides the bands? Do you know anything about South Alabama, a school that's only had football since 2009? So many things that you could go with. Like Chip Kelly said, hey, it's name brand recognition. From here on out, it's all Pac-12 play until a bowl game, which highly, highly likely the Bruins get to a bowl game beyond all the expectations the Bruins have. So pretty much Pac-12 play until the bowl game season. For UCLA, I was kind of mapping out what the the true schedule looks like going forward, right? For UCLA's next few home games, it's actually quite manageable. Name recognition, just in the division, big conference games, just all the like, including the first conference home game, which is actually a non-division game. You go to Colorado, the Bruins should take care of business. There will have more on that later in the week for Locked on UCLA, but you expect the Bruins to take care of business 4-0, facing an upstart Washington team that looked fantastic uh, against Michigan State in Seattle against with their new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix Jr., the Indiana transfer. UCLA on a Friday night, 7.30. I know it's tough to drive around in SoCal on Friday in the L.A. area going to Pasadena, but 7.30, I think UCLA fans should be able to pack it out. Primetime game. 
I know that maybe the thing could be, oh, it's on ESPN, it's national televised, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. People could stay home, not go to that game, but that should be the game. I look at ticket prices on secondhand websites and all that stuff. Looks fairly cheap to go watch a good UCLA team, and that's what they are. They're a good team. It's just UCLA wants to be great. There's different echelons of good, right? There's, oh, you get to a bowl game. There's competing in, div- in your division, and I think UCLA is good despite what they've shown so far, but it's different when you start to compete against other solid clubs, other good teams, great teams, and they'll start some co- some good competition with Washington, who's on the precipice of being great this year. UCLA wanted to knock down that door, become great, and that first game at home after the first road game of the year, you get Washington. Then, after the Washington game, oh, what's next week? The Utah game, which lost a little bit of a, it's, you know, it might be a little lackluster compared to what it could have been if Utah was undefeated, if they had beaten Florida on the road in week one, not throwing that pick in the end zone when they had a chance to tie it with the field goal instead down during the last couple of seconds in that game. Could have been even bigger. But Utah, I think now that they've been in the Pac-12 for a decade, that could draw. That's a big game for UCLA's schedule. That's one of that one-two combo at home versus Utah by and then at Oregon in the later part of October. And then Stanford. So the next three UCLA games involve important conference rivals. And you get Utah, that's arguably the youngest Pac-12 member besides Colorado. And that's probably the toughest opponent UCLA will face in these next three home games. And that's no slight to Washington. But I'd give the edge to Utah at the moment, despite their one loss, that they might be the tougher opponent. Washington might be as equally as tough for the Bruins going forward. So for UCLA, the Rose Bowl attendance woes hopefully and I think will be solved going forward. You talk about name recognition. Chip Kelly's teased it. We've all teased it on Twitter, social media, to your friends, texting people. Hey, I thought you were at the game. No, I thought I gave you my tickets for free to that game. Who knows? But it's not a good look. UCLA continuing, despite not nationally televised games, they're on the Pac-12 network. People find ways, whether it be reporters, fans, uh, outlets, the game itself, taking pictures before the game and sharing them. And you show, share a pregame where it's not completely filled up as it would be during the game, but they're not good images. The Bruins having some of the lowest outputs comparing to the Bowling Green when it was ugly hot. Alabama State, muggy weather. And then last week, I would say it'd be pretty good weather. Just an opponent nobody recognized, despite it being, so far, UCLA's game of the year. The Bruins... They've got good home games coming up. They've got the Washington Friday night primetime, Utah, Stanford. And then they might go down the next couple of home games after that, Arizona. It just depends to where UCLA will be. If they've gone through and gotten some wins, if they've fallen short, that Arizona game could be another one of those games where the Bruins could find themselves on the short end of the stick when it comes to attendance. And then that USC game, it should be popped, locked, and rolling. It should be all excited for the SC game. But is it time to move from the Rose Bowl? I've talked with family members, fellow UCLA members, and we're not going to go on a hot take today. That's not what we're talking about, about UCLA moving from the Rose Bowl. But there's been some teasing about building the on-campus stadium, going and moving, and or what, Drake Stadium and turning it into a UCLA football stadium facility, whether it's moving to SoFi, whether it's staying at the Rose Bowl itself. You, you can't argue the UCLA playing it arguably the most iconic college football venue throughout the country. There's nothing hurting that, regardless of who is or isn't in the stands. 
that is just what I'm going to say on the matter now. If we want, if you want to hear an episode of my thoughts of where they want to, where UCLA should go, just put it in the comments or tweet at us at Locked On Bruins, and we'll 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 put out an episode about drawing up places they could go. But I think UCLA's attendance should swing upward in the re- in future pretty soon. UCLA's attendance should get there and. They got a good couple of games coming up at home after the Colorado game and a bye and some key road games. But UCLA's attendance should get better, looking good, and that's that's the most important thing that I think the rest of 2022 in this football season, they will do just fine in attendance. The first three home games during one of the longest home stretches of the season of their UCLA football program history, I think didn't look good, but UCLA can find a way to get over it. Meanwhile, when we get move on, we're going to talk about now how UCLA's defense and offense can improve and what they need to improve upon going forward here for the rest of this podcast and for the rest of the season going into Colorado. Some improvements UCLA and Chip, Com- Chip Kelly and company need to make. But first, some words from Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I, and not you guys, probably should start using Upside. That's what we should do. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who can buy gas, groceries, dine out with every purchase. You can earn back cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You can get, in comparison to car, credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. You can see why Upside users are earning more than a million dollars back every week. That's probably why the app itself, Upside, has a 4.8 star rating, close to five stars in the App Store. Just go download the free Upside app and use the promo code locked on to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back after you buy something $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Again, that's the promo code LOCKED. As we move on for this Locked On UCLA podcast, we continue to move forward. What should UCLA change going forward? We're going to start offensively. You can nitpick UCLA is supposed to be an offensive juggernaut. And there's things we can nitpick. Certainly, is it who's the man to lead the the charge at QB? Is DTR the right man? Is Zach Charbonnet truly healthy and he looks to be a game time decision from what's been leaked from what's been said during the media availability at practice game time decision limited participant at practice that's not a good sign when probably on a pitch count for ucla's win over south alabama getting less carries than keegan jones in a game where ucla probably would have leaned on charbonnet if fully available all game long so for ucla what do they need to fix offensively? Here's some little tidbits I was noticing, especially coming from the South Alabama game. UCLA went to the, was in the red zone seven times. They put up 32 points. They could have had six straight, I think, 40-point games dating back to last year. Well, they fell eight points shy. And part of the problem was for Chip Kelly's offense was the inability to cash in in the red zone. You would say six for seven in the red zone scoring-wise is good. When you have your kicker wins Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week goes 4-for-4, four four, Nick Barmira, including the game winner, that's solid. 
That's solid when you need it down the stretch. But for UCLA, when you're six of seven in the red zone and only three of those times do you convert that into touchdowns, and while you can say, all right, the Barmere field goal could have been a touchdown if they weren't going for a field goal, but you, the stats don't lie. If you Even if you include that Barmere field goal at the end at, with time expired for the win, UCLA, three touchdowns on seven possessions in the red zone, including not scoring once because they coughed on the football on the one-inch line after the review. That's not a good sign when you're scoring touchdowns less than 50% of the time in the red zone. Yes, you can get there. You can move 20 to 20, 10 to 10, whatever it is. But when it comes to the red zone, that's when you get a little less fields, when everybody kind of backs up. And for UCLA, it seems like they've struggled this year, moving the football in tight quarters a little bit when it comes to running the football, finding openings, passing the football. You could see their struggles. One little negative play here and almost Every single UCLA drive that didn't result in a touchdown had some sort of negative play or funky play that did not result because of a South Alabama spectacular play. No, UCLA, I believe they've only given up two sacks this season, and that's the nature of the offense from you want to move, turn, get the ball out of ETR's hands, hand him, hand off the ball or have him run or whatever variety of you, the offense you see Chip Kelly and UCLA implementing. It's the Bruins just doing something, kind of shooting themselves in the foot, something lackadaisical, something dumb. Not not really executing would probably be the best word for UCLA's offense. When you're not converting in the red zone, UCLA in 19 red zone possessions, they've scored 11 touchdowns. That's only 57% of the time. And for UCLA, when you're scoring 50%, 57% of the time touchdowns in the red zone, against the three teams they've played so far, it's not a good look. It's one thing if this was a very brutally tough stretch, you're getting points, you're most likely maximizing your potential. I think that number was 16 for 19 of the Bruins scoring points when they get in the red zone, but even that isn't perfect. That's nowhere near perfect. You want to get it 19 for 19, or maybe an 18 for 19, and the only reason you didn't score was because you took a knee and the game was over. Whatever it is, the Bruins have to maximize their their potential in the red zone. They've got to find a way, and it doesn't help with Charbonnet. Clearly not 100%. DTR and company. All right, DTR's thrown one pick, but Garber's threw a pick against Alabama State. That's hurting a little bit of the statistic near the goal line. But for UCLA, they need to find a way. they got to get in, knocking on the door. What these teams are either going to have to score against, keep up with offensively if the defense isn't having it, whether it be Washington or a, a very stout Utah team. And when you're facing a team down the stretch late in the season, like an SC, they're going to, they can, they've proven they can score points. UCLA has to score points with the best of them. And it starts with, if you're not getting big plays, big 70 yard plays, 50 yard chunk plays, you, you can move the ball. Like you saw them in that final drive so easily to set up that field goal. But it comes down to when you get inside the 20, the 15 and the 10, you have to score and stop turning the ball over, whether it be a bad pitch play, whether it's a, a mishandling of a, a handoff to Zach Charbonnet and DTR, whatever it is, the one bugaboo for this offense is its inability to, one, just capture momentum when you're in the red zone, and two, one thing about to bring up, for UCLA, they've only scored six points off of 
turnovers, six points in that South Alabama game. They got outscored minus eight, negative eight when it comes to South Alabama scoring two touchdowns off of UCLA's offensive turnovers. Well, when the defense makes a stand and they've turned the other team over, whether it be a gift of a turnover or they've made a play, UCLA has failed in all these games to truly maximize the potential. Again, maximize whatever it is, score points, end it in the end zone, finish with six, get that PAT on top of it, and score seven points total just to find a way to maximize the the, the turnover. They only scored six points off of turnovers on Saturday morning into afternoon, and yet it felt like, oh, the UCLA offense turned it over, didn't look good. Well, the offense played okay. They just, when they got down deep in the South Alabama territory, their defense bent but did not break. And UCLA's got to break down these defenses, especially deep into opponent territory. That's been the problem. Got to take advantage when the defense makes a play. They haven't done so too many times this year, especially that South Alabama game, excruciatingly glaring because you make a play here, you don't turn it over after a turnover, like UCLA did on Saturday against South Alabama. Could look a very different game. They could have won that game by two, two scores, two touchdowns, 10 points, and now have to play to the final second of that game and that's the difference between whether you're having to play a close game against a team they they could have beaten by more or for UCLA when it comes down the stretch and you have to play a very good team a solid team a great team regardless of who that is in the Pac-12 or some bowl or some postseason or later this season when it's, it's going to be a tough game regardless of the opponent UCLA those little minor things whether it's execution in the red zone taking better advantage of UCLA's turnovers forced on defense, turning those into points off turnovers. Those are key things UCLA's got to fix. They fixed the special teams. They had a special teams great day, great day on Saturday. And yet here UCLA is, they didn't really need all those field goals because they didn't execute offensively before leading up to those field goals. And Barmir made the play recently on scholarship, got the special teams player of the week. For UCLA, Pac-12, solid, had a career long. That's good to see for UCLA. Now we're going to transition over to the defense. It's really weird looking. When you, 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 I'm not entirely sure if we've all been excruciating, if we've been impressed by this defense. Bill McGovern coming in, the new defensive coordinator, taking over for Jerry Azanaro. Some people would say, all right, they've impressed but they haven't exploded. They've been all right. They've been better. You can look at the statistics for UCLA defensively, and you could say arguably the numbers don't lie. It's a pretty solid defense thus far, but then again, you point to the schedule. Bowling Green, who didn't really know what they were doing offensively week one, Alabama State a mismatch, and then UCLA's first game truly of the season. South Alabama was able to take it to them, not truly going vertical down the field, but when they wanted to move the ball, for the most part, they did until the last drive or two in that fourth quarter. But here are some numbers I wanted to bring up to you guys for UCLA. These are the good numbers, so bear with me. UCLA in the second half of games has outscored teams 54-14. to They played the beatdown. They have not allowed a single point in the fourth quarter through their first three games. UCLA is outscoring teams 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And by the time the fourth quarter came around at Alabama State and Bowling Green, the Bruins were in complete control of those games against the Falcons and the Hornets. When it came to UCLA's game against South Alabama this past weekend in week three, 
They scored nine points to South Alabama zero. So a good growing trend for UCLA defensively that they're not allowing things when the going gets tough or the teams get tired and they're beaten down, worn down. Bruins finding ways to not allow a single punt, a single score, single points in the fourth quarter and only a couple scores thus far in the second half from opponents like South Alabama. UCLA's defense, six sacks, only allowing 195 yards per game, 95 rushing yards per game. They've only allowed three passing touchdowns, so they've had three interceptions. But for UCLA, they just don't look spectacular defensively, right? You you see John John Vons getting the highlight. You see the D-line. They had the sacks, but now they have one of their D-linemen out for the year due to the Bruins. They have – doesn't seem like they get – a crazy amount of pressure on the quarterback, at least in my perspective. There's just, it's a weird thing. You look at UCLA's defense and it'll be a true test come Washington. I know you go on the road, it's a little different. And against Colorado, they should thrive. They should thrive against the Buffaloes, a team who offensively, we, we, we will get to it with Colorado. But it's Carl, Carl Dorrell, fellow UCLA friend, one of the bigger upsets in recent times between UCLA and SC, one of the biggest UCLA coaching wins, despite his tenure not being too strong as UCLA head coach. He's fighting for his job now at Colorado. So UCLA could put the final nail in the proverbial coffin with a strong defensive output and prove, hey, UCLA taking that next step defensively, but they're coming off a game where South Alabama was able to move the football. The 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 run game was working well with LaDamian Webb for the Jaguars. And they just kind of nickeled and dimed their way down the field on quick screen plays to the outside to take advantage of UCLA's defense. And the Bruins' defensive line, that is a big hole going forward. Can they generate more pressure? Can they get more sacks? And they have a couple of numbers, yeah. But it's different now that they're having some holes in the D-line. They need some pressure from the edge going forward. And you're going to have to ask your, your linebackers, your DBs, to be ball hawks whether it be punch the ball out, interceptions. I think the Bruins are going to need to force a lot of turnovers or take advantage of tip balls, whatever it is, to be successful going forward unless they can find some true pressure drumming up from the D-line, especially on the interior, get the Murphy twins or whoever it is going on the outside, racing after the quarterback. And for UCLA, so many missed tackles. It's been, especially in that last week, uh, you have Moisau at practice kind of alluding to it. We had a lot of missed tackles recently, but we went over in practice. And yes, practice one thing, but a game is another thing, whether it's being sloppy, not making the tackle. Make your tackle, make your play, do your assignment, as simple as football can get, and UCLA can be successful. But I think going forward, the Bruins must, must drum up a lot of turnovers, find ways to just, when you got to pick, you can't drop it. If someone puts it in your, your hands, you just got to hold on to it, whatever it is, and not that UCLA missed a lot of opportunities. They forced those couple of turnovers against South Alabama. And as I alluded to earlier, the offense didn't take advantage of it. UCLA must, must continue to force turnovers and make this a trend. One to two every game is a lot of a lot of ass going down the stretch. But Colorado, there's no reason why they can't force one to two turnovers. And then when Washington comes to town, well, that's a little bit tougher against the veteran QB in a couple weeks in a short week after your first true road game of the season. Bruins defense will will be a reason the UCLA is either extremely successful or falls back and disappoints Bruin fans going forward. 
They have the numbers. And despite maybe not impressing and being eye-popping going forward to UCLA through their first three games, the numbers speak for themselves second half. They've flat-out dominated their first three opponents, especially in the fourth quarter of games. And we hope that's a trend. I hope that's a trend going forward. UCLA defense is not giving it a point in the fourth quarter, regardless of who's if it's the starters, backups, or even the walk-ons, whoever it was, coming into game late against whoever they play between Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama. So the numbers speak for themselves, but the Bruins have to be better and be opportunistic going forward. That, that's what it is. How opportunistic can this defense be against some big-time offenses going down, going down the stretch? It's conference play. Pac-12 is here, and UCLA has a chance to etch their names in the UCLA record book by making it back to the Rose Bowl. Maybe making a crazy run and surprising the nation if something even greater ensues. Again, Bruin fans, they're 3-0. This is what they're looking at, and Colorado is right there on the road in Boulder as the Bruins have a chance to be 4-0 if they can take care of business against the Buffaloes and pretty much maybe harm and get Carl Durrell, unfortunately, fired from his job. But for UCLA, they're focused on themselves, and they have a chance to do something very special this season. Opportunistic defense, and the offense must, because you can nitpick every, all day Chip Kelly's offense. Little things here, little thing there, whether it's DTR, who's running the ball, who's coming in after Charbonnet, how healthy is Charbonnet, how vertically inclined are this UCLA receivers, all those things. UCLA's got to be perfect on offense. They've got to find ways to score the defense. They've got to be opportunistic, take advantage of opponents' mistakes, and the offense has got to make them pay. That's a recipe for success this season, in my mind. You can comment in the YouTube pages, whether it's hit us on Twitter, at Locked On Bruins, whatever it is, I think that's the way for UCLA to have some keys for success, especially coming after that very close win against South Alabama. Go make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen with Spencer McLaughlin. Great show. I'll be joining it pretty soon on Locked On Pac-12, I believe. He also hosts Locked On Ducks, but he is the Locked On Pac-12 host. Spencer McLaughlin, you'll see my guest on that show. For UCLA fans, get your hands in the air. Eight clap time. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. UCLA. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.